thank God. Thank God for another morning this morning. And um, I pray that you're encouraged by the songs this morning and um, that your hearts were, were lifted up. Um, and, and God willing, God willing, even just prepared in some ways for the message, for the message this morning. Also, I just want to praise God for your persistence in just continuing to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Uh, I want to thank God that you are uh, uh, continuing and enduring uh, this walk, uh, the, the Christian walk, which, as you would know, many of you would know, sometimes can get really, 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 really hard. And so I want to thank God for your, for your commitment to, to doing that and being persistent in, in just walking in the footsteps of Christ and striving after the things of, of Jesus. I know that um, I know that life, just life in general, can bring some really hard times, whether whether you're a Christian or not. You know, life, just life itself, can be really tough at times and can be really exhausting at times. And and the trials of life in general can really sometimes feel like they're going to overwhelm you. And I know as Christians, uh, this is also very true for Christians too, especially when you're actually wanting to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. And sometimes because of this, there are trials that come from without, whether it's what people think or people's opinions, or even the trials and the temptations from within that, you know, sometimes feel quite overwhelming. But in your heart, in your heart and mind, you're just so persistent. You're so persistent because you want to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. You want to do the will of God. And so in that comes a suffering. In that comes sometimes a, a trial that can feel overwhelming and exhausting and draining. And um, I wanted this morning. I wanted this morning to talk to you if that's your experience. I, I want to. I want to share with you this morning uh, what I think is is really reassuring in the scriptures. I want to talk on this concept of waiting on the Lord. This idea of waiting upon the Lord. And um, I know the scriptures tell us lots about waiting upon the Lord and what that means. What that means, particularly in times where there's suffering or exhaustion in our lives as Christians, where those experiences are very real and feel like they're just going to get the better of us. But I want to encourage you this morning that our, our Heavenly Father is reaching out and saying, wait upon me, wait upon the Lord. And there are some marvellous promises that come with waiting upon the Lord. And, and God, is, God is faithful and he reminds us and he tells us things like, didn't I create you? Didn't I form you? Didn't I call you by name, he says? So even in that, he says, he's kind of sets a picture and says, and because of that, when you go through the fires, yes, they won't burn you. Or when you go through the water, they won't drown you. And so God the Father reaches out to his people and says, because I made you and I called you by name, I created you. I didn't create you to destroy you. I created you to give you life. And, and so his, his, his heart reaches out to us and says, I, I will look after you. I will, I will strengthen you. But I'm asking you to wait, wait upon me. And maybe this morning, this little, I want to do like a little study on waiting on the Lord. And I want to go through a few scriptures with you. And I want you to contemplate a few scriptures on waiting on the Lord this morning. And maybe for some of you, it's not going to mean anything. Maybe for some of you, you're not going to really get much out of this morning. You're going to listen and it might just be, you know, might be just encouraging, but, but, but it's not going to be necessarily uh, riveting or, or enlightening in some ways. But that's okay. That's all right. But I'm sure, I'm sure whether you're showing it or not, whoever you're with, whether, you, whether it's obvious or not, I'm sure there are those listening this morning who are currently, who are currently experiencing a suffering. I'm sure there are people among us this morning who are listening who feel exhausted. Who perhaps life has brought them things that they feel so overwhelmed. But perhaps there are experiences in life that you feel like you don't know when it's going to end. In fact, in fact, it's so intense that you even begin to calculate the time it's been going for. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, you know, it's been two months already or it's been three years already. And, and you actually you begin to calculate the length of time the suffering has been because you just want it to end. You want some way out of this. And if that's you this morning, I have a word for you. The Lord has a word for you. A word to wait on the Lord. And I pray that you would be able to look with this, the little bit of strength that you have this morning. I pray that you're able to look to the Father in heaven and hear his voice say, wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. That doesn't mean that the situation is going to be removed, but I know and have confidence that your strength will be renewed 
Now, for those of you to, this morning that think to yourself, oh, that's, a, that's not really me at the moment, that's okay. Because what I want you to do is this. As you listen to the word this morning, as you hear God's word this morning, and as you contemplate what is being shared this morning, if that's not you this morning, I want you to think about your brothers and sisters this morning that are listening that need to hear this word. And perhaps as, we're, as, we're, as I'm sharing this morning, you're sitting there and you're just praying. You're just praying for them. Lord, just plant what my brother said in their heart today. Just plant, let them blossom in their heart. Let it, let it flourish in their heart. Let faith come alive again in their heart. That as you, as you hear the word this morning, you're just praying silently for your brothers and sisters and you're saying, Lord, just help them uh, uh, grasp what is being shared. Let the devil uh, guard them from the enemy and just let them flourish with the faith that tells them and asks them to wait upon the Lord. Would you do that this morning? So let me pray this morning as we, as, we, um, as we look at this idea of waiting on the Lord. And my heart goes to you this morning if there is, if there is suffering in your life, if there is exhaustion in your life, if there are situations in your life, do you think to yourself, when is this going to end? And I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for us this morning as we, before we open up God's word and pray that the Lord speaks to your heart. Very simple truth. Come look to me. Look at me in the eyes and wait upon me. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord God, for this morning. I thank you, Lord, for your beautiful word that we have to open this morning. I thank you for every single person that has joined us. Father, I believe, Lord, you have brought them. And I believe, Lord God, you have a word for them. And I pray for all of us, Lord God, whether we are in the midst of a, a moment of suffering or whether we are not, I pray that our hearts will be open to listen to what you have to say. Father, only you know the depth of our hearts. You know the secrets of our hearts. You know the motives of our hearts. You know what is going on. You know what we're experiencing. You know what we're feeling. And above all things, Father, you know that our desire is not to give up. It's to hold on. Hold on to the very end, to walk with you, Lord Jesus, and to have your spirit perfect us in everything. And Lord, I pray this morning in the name of Jesus that you break the work of the enemy, that you shield us by your love, and that you speak to us by your spirit. So, Father, I pray, Lord, we need you, Lord. Have mercy on us, Father. Have mercy on us and declare yourself this morning in all things. We pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like us to open up to... Um, I'd like us to open up to Isaiah chapter 40, please. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40. And uh, I want to read a few verses from this chapter. And then I've got a few other verses that I'm just going to read to you. I'm not going to get you to turn to, but I'm going to read to you this morning. As you're opening up your Bibles, I know from time to time when I speak to people and they tell me about the trials that they've gone through, there's one common thing that people say to me. There's one common thing that people often share with me as Christians they say something like this. It's kind of said in different ways, but they basically say something like this. How in the world would I have, could I have got through this trial without Jesus? Have you had that experience? Well, you can look back and think, how in the world did I, could I have got through this trial without Jesus? And it's true. How could you have got through this trial without Jesus? How could you? How could you have survived it without Jesus? How could you have stayed sane without Jesus? How could you even be maybe even alive today? without Jesus, because there is something about the Christian faith, there is something in knowing that the God of this universe, the God who's created you, the God who made you, who says, fear not, is with you in those moments that keeps you going, that keeps you holding, even when you cannot even say a prayer anymore. That this faithful Father in heaven is there holding us up, carrying his people, asking them to look to him and say to them, wait on the Lord, wait on me, wait on me. Give me time. Let, let, the, let the situation happen and unfold as it needs to unfold. Wait on the Lord. And they testify. So many Christians testify. How could I have ever got through this situation without the Lord? And I, and, I, and I praise the Lord for this because it's a testimony. Not a testimony to their weakness. Not at all. People think that maybe that's weak. No. It's a testimony of their faith. Of their faith to hold on to a living God even when they feel like they can't hold on anymore. So this morning I pray that the word this morning strengthens your hands that hang down, that strengthens your knees that feel feeble. And rather this morning you are, you are, um, faith is able to blossom in you that little bit more to hold on to the very end because the Lord Jesus Christ never leaves nor forsakes his children. And if the, if the waters feel like drowning this morning, then know the Lord says you will not be drowned. 
If the fires feel like they're going to burn this morning, then remember the Lord has said you will not be burned. And in this passage here, it's a very famous passage people refer to a lot. I want to unpack it a little bit. I want, to, I want us to do a little bit of a study on this idea of waiting on the Lord, that our, faith is in, that our faith is strengthened and it's encouraged, knowing that the Lord, our mighty God, will renew our strength. That's his promise. That's his promise. Look at verse 27. Verse 27, chapter 40 of Isaiah in the Old Testament. He says, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not known, he says, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, I almost feel like I can just end it now. I almost feel like I, I, I can say to you, take this passage and every day this week just meditate on the word. And, and I, would have, I would have a lot of confidence that, that would be adequate. But allow me, allow me over the next little while just to unpack this a little bit and, and, and share with you my heart and my thoughts around this idea of waiting on the Lord. If you, if you like to write notes, take notes this morning. If you just want to reflect and listen, just reflect and listen. This is being recorded and you can go back and you can take notes later. But just allow the Lord to speak to your heart. And if you're suffering this morning and if you think it's overwhelming this morning, I want the Lord to speak to your heart to say, wait on the Lord because he will renew your strength. He shall renew your strength. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but life is full of unwanted experiences. Anyone who's lived long enough will know that life is full of unwanted experiences. If you can go back in your life and you can erase, if you can delete all the experiences of life that you think, you know, boy, I wish I didn't have this experience and I wish I didn't have that experience. How many would you delete out of your life? How much of your life would be shrunk down? Life is full of unwanted experiences. So I'm asking you this morning, what has life brought you? What has life brought you at the moment? What are you enduring at the moment? What are you going through at the moment? What are you suffering at the moment? What's, what's, what's your story at the moment? But I want you to be encouraged, beloved, that the Lord sees this. One of the greatest temptations in this moment is, is, is to feel, is to what we call the, the feeling, the silence of the Lord feeling the silence of the Lord, that sense of feeling like, does the Lord actually even know? Does the Lord actually even see? Does the Lord actually even hear? Remember the disciples in the boat when Jesus was sleeping and they went up to Jesus and what was the word they said to Jesus? It's such a, it's such a reflection of human nature. They woke up Jesus in the storm and they said, Jesus, don't you care that we are perishing? Very, very powerful words reflecting the heart of man, the heart of woman that basically says, Jesus, there's a storm out there and you're sleeping. Now, for sure, Jesus cared. For sure, he cared. But their heart felt like he was silent. Their heart felt like he wasn't present. Their heart felt like he wasn't watching. And so they said, Jesus, don't you care we're perishing? And I want you to remember this morning, beloved brothers and sisters, I want you to remember that despite the suffering that you go through, the Lord is watching every single second of the moment, of the experience, of the situation. Look at verse, go back for a moment and look at verse 27 with me. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? Wasn't this their experience? God saying, why are you saying this for? I don't think, look, I could be wrong. But I don't think God's saying, why are you saying this for? I don't think that's what God's doing here. Yes, there are times in the scripture where God is commanding and God is demanding. But I suspect the heart of God, the tone of God in this scripture is something like this. Why do you say? Why do you say, oh, Jacob? Why do you say that your way is hidden from me? 
I suspect that's the time in which God is saying that because he's appealing to them. He's reaching out to them. The whole context of the scripture, this whole chapter is about God wanting to reassure them that he is a very present help, that he's stronger than idols, that he's the creator of this universe, that he, is, he, he watches the circle of the earth. This whole chapter is about the sovereignty of God, the power of God, the provision of God. And he's reaching out to them. And he's saying, why do you say this? I want us this morning, brothers and sisters, to wait upon Jesus. Because in the waiting upon Jesus, a couple of things will happen. Firstly, you will renew your strength. And the other beautiful thing that's going to happen as you wait upon the Lord Jesus Christ is that you are being conformed. You're being made. You're being transformed into the image of Christ. And this is the one, of the, one of the most glorious things that begins to happen when we understand the idea of waiting upon the Lord. That not only God is going to renew our strength, but in the process of renewing our strength, we are becoming more like the Savior. Our, our great desire to be like Jesus is, being, is, being, is happening. And it gives us this, this element of, of holding on because we know that Jesus, I'm being transformed like you, who Jesus himself had to wait on his Father. Did you know that? Jesus himself had to endure through suffering and prayer. Jesus himself, even from his trial to his crucifixion, I, I suspect was waiting upon the Father. And so here he, here he is teaching us wonderful things about his life. And here is the scripture encouraging us how to do this. Are you good at waiting? What kind of person are you? Gen, gen, I, I know we're sort of talking about a different kind of waiting, but, but let me just uh, digress for a little bit. What, what kind of person are you in waiting? Are you, are you good at, are you the sort of person who waits patiently for things? You know, if you're driving on the road and you get onto the freeway and all of a sudden you realise, oh no, there's traffic, there's been an accident and you can't get off anymore. Are you the sort of person who gets really upset or are you the sort of person that says, well, it is what it is and you just wait, you know? Are you good at waiting? Are you generally a person that's, or oh, what about when you're driving and you're coming across a railway line and all of a sudden you know ahead of you there's a, there's, that railway line is notorious for V-line trains, you know, that take like about, you know, it feels like 100 years to, to go past, yeah? Are you, are you the sort of person, if you happen to be coming across the V-line railway line, that the, the boom gates come down and you realise you're going to have to wait for like about five to six minutes, seven minutes, are you the sort of person who gets all frustrated, I wish I could beat those boom gates, or are you the sort of person who thinks, well, it is what it is, you know, the boom gates have come down and I have to, I have to accept that. What kind of person are you in waiting? I know when, we were at, when I was at school, the canteen was, 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 was an incredible, uh, interesting place to wait. You know, people would try and, and get into line and then somehow manoeuvre their way to the front of the line and let people in. Come on, come in, come in, you know, I'm your mate, come in. And, and somehow you get there if the line was long, you try, you start thinking to yourself, how am I going to be able to get closer to the front of the line of the canteen because I'm not going to wait all my lunch for my lunch. What kind of person are you in, in waiting? I know when I used to catch the school bus home from school, waiting for the school bus was, was an adventure. I don't know if you had that same experience, but waiting for the school bus was an adventure because, because everyone would be hovering around the bus stop and then as soon as you saw the bus coming, all of a sudden everyone used to cram to the bus stop, the sign of the bus stop. And then when the bus came close, it was pushing and shoving, pushing and shoving because you wanted that first um, position that door and you did everything you can to try and gauge the first position you, you tried to calculate when the bus driver would stop for that first position but the pushing and the shoving to get to that was like an adventure in itself because you wanted that first stop because you know what at the end of the day you don't want to wait you don't want to wait to get on because if you wait to get on you're going to miss your best seat whatever it is are you good at waiting are you easily frustrated are you easily annoyed we live in a world today that everything's got to come quickly. Everything has to come quickly. We live in a world today that if our internet is slow, people get frustrated. We live in a world today that if we click a website and you see the little swirl, we get frustrated. People get frustrated. Don't you think all these things teach us how to wait? Don't you think all these things show us how to wait? How we wait patiently, we grow in patience, we become more like Jesus? Do you think these things are just accidental? Do you, think, do you think these things are just coincidental? Or do you think these things train us? They train our bodies. We, we bring them into subjection. We learn how to wait on the Lord. We learn how to wait. And so we learn, I, I think, how to wait also on the Lord. The Bible says this. 
The Bible says in Psalm, it says this, my soul waits for the Lord. Yeah, I'm going to talk a few verses here. I'm going to talk about a few verses here to help. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. Okay, I'm going to give you the reference, but I'm not going to, I'm asking you not to turn to them. Okay, so that's Psalm 130 verse 6. My soul waits for the, for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. And it's a very interesting phrase because people who watch for the morning was like a night shift. I don't know if you've ever done a night shift before, but it's like a night shift in those days. So either they were probably, they could have been waiting and, and keeping an eye on the city, maybe for enemies that are coming, or it could have even been the, pre, the priests or the Levites that were watching the temple overnight. Whatever, whatever the situation was, they had the night shift. And the night shift, if you think about it, in those days too, and like today as well too, it can be a very difficult shift because sometimes the night shift is a very lonely shift, isn't it? It's a very lonely shift. And sometimes not only you can feel very lonely, but it, also, it can also feel very long. You know, when's the morning going to come? Well, yeah, look, you, know, you look at your clock and it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Then you look at a clock again and you think, oh, yes, it's been three hours. And you look at the clock and it's 10 past 2. It's a very long shift. It's a very long shift and it sometimes can feel a very lonely shift. You know the experience. If you've never done a night shift before, you know the experience when sometimes you can't sleep at night. You wake up at 3 in the morning and you just can't sleep. And every, and every minute feels like an hour. Well, this is what the psalmist is saying. He says, my soul, he goes, my soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch the nights. In other words, what he's saying is this. The people who watch the night know one thing. They know one thing for certain. They know that the time of the morning is going to come. Are they, are they going to ever do the night shift and think to themselves, yeah, now morning's not going to come tomorrow? Of course not. They don't think to themselves, morning's not going to come. They wait for the morning. They, they anticipate the morning. They expect the morning. They know beyond any shadow of a doubt that the morning is going to come. And when the morning comes, they are relieved from their night shift. But what the psalmist is saying is this, my soul waits for the Lord because I know in this time of loneliness and in this time where I feel alone and in this time where it feels like it's really, really long and it's hard and I don't know how I'm going to get through, I know one thing more than the watchman. I know that morning is going to come. And when it comes, praise the Lord. God is going to relieve me and strengthen me and help me and be my deliverer and be my hope and be my help because he's a good father. The enemy whispers and says, it's a long night, it's a dark night, it's a lonely night, it's a hard night. Do you think you can keep going? Do you think you can hang in there? And the, and the, the enemy comes and whispers these things because the trials and the sufferings of life are really intense, overwhelmingly intense. And so the Lord reaches out and says, wait for me. Wait for me more than those who watch for the morning because morning will come. Amen. Morning will come. And that's the Lord's promise to us. So when we learn to wait, we learn not to wait in um, a sense of um, uh, um, hopelessness, but a sense of that is filled with hope. We have hope that the, that the morning is going to come. This is, the, this is the hope of the believer. The believer knows it's going to happen. I remember years ago I shared with you something like uh, the difference between uh, the hope of the world and the hope of the believer. They are very, very different things. Listen, the world says something like this. Listen carefully to this. The world says something like this. The world says, I hope so. I hope so. I hope that things are going to get better. Or I hope I'm going to feel better. I hope so. Listen, the Christian doesn't say, I hope so. The Christian says this, I have hope. Do you understand the difference? The Christian says, I have hope. One is one of confidence and one is one of assurance, one that knows that even if I can't see it, I can't feel it, I don't know how, I don't know what's going to happen, I have hope because he puts his hope in the word and he puts his hope in the Lord. Different to I, I hope so because I hope so says, you know, maybe not, maybe yes. I'm kind of guessing. I'm kind of, get light, I'm kind of going through life kind of hoping that it's going to happen. But the believer says, I have hope. Amen. And so this morning, beloved, this morning, I want you to be encouraged to be able to say, I have hope. More than those who watch for the morning. 
And if this morning the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart and maybe, I don't know, I don't know where you're at, maybe in your heart you're being stirred and you know in your heart this is for you, I want you to hold on to Psalm 130 verse 6. I want you to hold on to Isaiah 40. I want you to know that the Lord, the faithful God, never leaves nor forsakes us. Or even Psalm Isaiah 43, the waters and the fires. This is our hope, to remain faithful because he will strengthen you. Remain faithful because he will strengthen you. It's like waiting for um, uh, a bargain. And any of you had to wait for a bargain? You, had, you know, sometimes, or, or to the shops, you know, like with this COVID, sometimes there's these really long lines now in the shop. And sometimes you go past the shops and you think, oh, I'm not going to wait because the line is too long. What happens if you know there was a really good bargain in that shop or there were some tickets that you're after for some event and you, the line was really, really long? What do you do? You decide you're going to wait because what you're waiting for is worth it, isn't it? Now, it's interesting because when people wait in a big line, in a really big line for like an event, a ticket or like a bargain, part of the anxiety, listen carefully, part of the anxiety is not knowing if they're gonna, when they get to the end, if there's going to be enough tickets left or there's going to be the bargain, if there's going to be enough of the bargains left, whether they're going to be sold out. Isn't that part of the anxiety? So you're waiting in line, you think, no, I'm waiting all this time in line. What happens if I get to the end and it's not actually going to be available anymore? Maybe I'm going to be the, the second last person and... and um, and they're gonna, and it's going to uh, run out. You know, yesterday my wife and I we bought some takeaway, and we saw this one roll in the in the uh, in the stand. We thought, oh, fantastic, we like it, we want to get it. So we walked to the front of the the, the, the counter, and this man came was in front of us, and guess what he ordered? He ordered that last one out of all the times in the world. He ordered that last one. We thought, oh no, but just so happened they had one more, which we didn't see, which was good, yeah. But what happens when you think to yourself, when you think to yourself, are you going to make it? But listen, if you're in that same line, if you're in that same line and someone comes up across the line and says, I've counted all the numbers, friends, you're going to get one. Don't worry. If you stay in this line, you're going to get one. All of a sudden, you feel relieved, don't you? You feel like, oh, the wait is worth it now. Because I know at the end, I'm going to get this ticket. I'm going to get this bargain. Beloved, listen, the Lord goes through the line and speaks to every child of his and says, wait, keep waiting because you will get there. What is available, my promise, is for you. You're not going to miss out. And it gives us hope to hold on. We don't say, I hope so. I hope I'm going to get the bargain. I have hope. And it's worth the wait. So remain faithful, beloved. Remain faithful. God will strengthen you. The Bible says this in Romans 12, 12. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. You know, three beautiful things. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Three things that you can take away this week for you. Romans 12, 12. Easy to remember. Romans 12, 12. 12, 12. Yep. Three things that we can do. Rejoice while you're hoping being patient in tribulation, and just keep praying, being steadfast in the prayer. You know, one of the things about waiting on the Lord, brothers and sisters, is that the Bible doesn't go to the effort to give us a list of things that we need to wait on the Lord for or because of. For example, it doesn't say, okay, if you go through this, 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 you should wait on the Lord. Or waiting on the Lord is necessary when this, 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 this happens. It doesn't give us a list of things that we need to be going through in order to be waiting on the Lord. And maybe that's because everyone's experiences are different. Imagine God trying to list everyone's experiences in the Bible. If I asked you this morning uh, to list your experiences, there are going to be a heaps of experiences that reflect the sufferings of life. So the Bible doesn't do that. It doesn't tell us. It does, however, give us some people in the Bible, gives us examples in the Bible of people that I suspect, I believe, would have needed to wait on the Lord. Paul and the thorn in his flesh. He talks about this as something that he wanted so badly to be relieved of. And he sought the Lord and the Lord said after three times, my grace is sufficient for you and he was strengthened. Job and the suffering of his body. The Bible tells us that he was steadfast. He endured. He would have needed to wait on the Lord. Lot and the suffering of the people around him and what he saw around him and the pain of the people around him. The Job, the pain was within him. Lot, the pain was around him. Lot would have needed to remain steadfast and to be patient and to be waiting. 
Hannah and her barrenness or her supposed barrenness and her family situation. Israel, while they were in captivity, would have needed to be in a place to wait on the Lord, to wait upon him, even in this captivity. Even in that silence between the last prophet and the birth of Jesus, there would have been Israelites waiting on the Lord. There was the examples in the scriptures that teach us about people who would have been in a place that these scriptures would have meant a lot for them. And I know in the suffering that you're going through, I know if you're anything like me, it mean a lot to you as well. You're not alone. That's what the Lord says. I know we hear a lot of that, but the Lord really means it. You're not. He's a very present help in time of trouble and his promise is different to the world. He will strengthen you, he says. He will fulfill his promises, he says. So remain faithful. He will strengthen you. So the Bible talks about these things and it talks about the circumstances that go. It talks about the, the, the need to be holding on, to be waiting. And these are because of the circumstances that sometimes go on around us and these are sometimes the circumstances that happen within us. But can I give you a very simple way to think about the sufferings of life? I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give you a list of sufferings because you know them. You know what they feel like. You know the experiences of the sufferings of life. But can I give you, um, very briefly before I move on, can I give you three things to think about when we look at the sufferings of life? Three things that they are, uh, are consistent in the sufferings of life. And, and to help you remember them, I've, I've made three Ps to help you remember them. That when we experience these things, they are generally the sufferings of life and the characteristics of them. The first one is persistence. They tend to persist. They tend to not go away. They hang around. And because they hang around, they make us suffer. You, you wish they could go away in a moment. You wish you could click your fingers, pray a prayer, and all of a sudden they're gone. But for some reason they persist. And even though at the start it seems like you can manage, as you go on in time it gets harder and harder because they persist. They don't go away. So there's persistence. The, other, the second P about them is that they add pressure to your life. If they didn't add pressure to your life, why would you be worried about them? But they put some kind of pressure. They make you think. They, 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 you contemplate them. You reflect on them. You pray about them. That, that Sometimes it changes the way you do things because of them. You know, they, they add pressure to your life. That's the second P. And the third P is probably the one that people find the hardest and that, that they bring pain. They bring pain into your life a pain that you don't want, an unwanted experience that you'd like to delete out of your life. But they, are, they bring some kind of, they, they bring some kind of, they are persistent, they are, but they're putting pressure and they certainly bring some kind of pain. And when all these three come together and they hang around, what they start to do, my friends, what they start to do, brothers and sisters, they drain you. Do you feel that? They actually exhaust you. They physically exhaust you. They physically drain you. It's like someone has somehow uh, uh, pressed the valve and all this, all this kind of um, life has just been, been blown out of you. And the pressures of life and the pain of life and the persistence of these things cause a suffering. Is this your experience? Is this your experience? Let's look at God for a moment. Verse 28. Verse 28. Have you not known and have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Let's get one thing right. You are weary. You are faint. Let's remember something. God doesn't get weary and God doesn't get faint. Look at verse 11 with me, same chapter. Let's look, just look a little bit about the God we serve. Verse 11 in the same chapter. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. What a compassionate, loving father. He leads us, he feeds us, and he carries us. He's describing himself to his people. I'm your shepherd, 
who will gather, carry, and lead. I love this phrase, he carries them in his bosom, as if to say, it's like the 99, he left and he found the lost one. And he carries in his bosom as if nothing, nothing is going to touch this one. Look what he says about himself in verse 25. Verse 25, it says, To whom will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. He's talking about the stars. Who brings out their host by number? He calls them all by name. By the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. How beautiful. Look at the stars tonight. See them all. He knows he's got a name for every one of them and not one of them is missing. He doesn't lose not one because he's trying to explain who he is. And that's why he says that he's a God who doesn't faint and, 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 and his ways are unsearchable. So look at what he does in verse nine, 29. We're going we're gonna to sort of start to look at waiting on the Lord. And I apologize in advance if I take a few more minutes past 11.30. Yeah, I just apologize. I really want to share with you some thoughts. I pray that your hearts are stirred in the knowledge of the waiting on the Lord. Yep. Um, so verse, verse 29, he says, who gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. And so what God is saying here, I'm your, I'm your provider. I'm your shepherd who carries. I'm the God who names all the stars. And I'm the God who understands you. And now I'm the God who promises that to those, he says, who have no might. How do you even get to that situation? How do you even get to the situation where you have no might? Because this is the sufferings of life. These are the sufferings, whether they are Christian-related or just life-related. These are the sufferings of life. They're going to get you to a place where you feel you have no might. You can't wait in the line any longer. And God says this, I give might, I give strength to those who have no might. I give strength to those who have no might. And then in, a, in the most beautiful way, he says, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you why I'm better than any man. Because I'll give you strength that is not human strength. I'll give you strength unlike the human um, um, processes of being strong again. I'll give you strength that comes from heaven. I'll give you strength that's beyond yourself. I'll give you strength that you think you thought you never had. And he highlights this in verse 30. He says, even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. If there's any people in our community who think they're invincible, who are they? No, it's not our age, not my age. But if there's any people in the community who think they're invincible, it's the youth. Yeah, they, they, they're invincible. I'm not going to die. I'm not, never going to, well, not that, not that invincible. But, you know, it's life is, is, is um, ahead of them and, and they've got strength and they're strong and, and, and you know, you could you know, play sports with the youth and they'll outrun you all the time because they're just full of energy and full of strength. He says, you know what, even, even the youth will faint because humanly, humanly, man is limited. We have no strength. Humanly, we, there's a limit to our strength. Even the young people will fall. Because I'm going to not only provide you strength, I'm going to provide you a strength that goes beyond the humanness of man. It's the strength of the Lord. It's the carrying of the Lord. It's the renewing of the Lord. But you need to do this, he says, verse 31. He says, you need to wait on the Lord. Because those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Why renew? Maybe because of the way it used to be. Or maybe just make new shall renew their strength. Strength, the very thing you desire, the very thing you want, the very thing you want to be. You want to be stronger again. You want the, you not only want strength, but you want the character of Christ to be molded in you. So remain faithful, brothers and sisters. Brother, if you're weary, if you're weary, remain faithful. He will strengthen you. Sister, 
if things are making you weary, I'm telling you, the scripture teaches us, stay faithful, he will strengthen you. He will strengthen you. That's the promise to his children. And so the Bible tells us, listen, that it's not necessarily going to be the removal of the circumstance, but it's going to be the renewal of your strength. This is the promise. This is the promise. Waiting, beloved, when we wait, we can expect well, there, are, there are going to be aspects of waiting that's really important. I want to just sort of wrap this up, looking at some verses and some of the qualities of waiting on the Lord. But when we wait, I know, if someone says to me, I'm waiting on the Lord, I know there's going to be at least three things in that waiting. They're going to be trusting the Lord. They're going to be expecting from the Lord. And they're going to be growing in the Lord even if they don't feel it, even if they don't know it. They're going to be trusting, they're going to be expecting, and they're going to be growing. Listen to some of these verses. I'm going to finish with these, probably, hopefully not too long. Some of these beautiful verses that look at waiting on the Lord. Can I encourage you, firstly, that when we wait on the Lord so that we can renew our strength, what does this waiting look like? Firstly, it's active. You know, people think waiting on the Lord is passive. I just, I, don't, I just don't do anything. I just wait on the Lord. I just, I just wait on the Lord. I just wait in my room. I just wait on the Lord. No. Waiting on the Lord is active. It's actually getting out and doing what the Lord is requiring of you in life. It is active. Even when you don't feel like you have the strength. Listen carefully to this verse in Psalm 37 verse 4. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. It's got nothing to do with being passive. It's got nothing to do with just being, being frozen, even though it feels like this. Your commitment to wait on the Lord is to remain as active as you can. Now, I know sometimes that's going to look different for different people on different days. I get that. But the idea, the mentality, the heart is not to remain passive while you wait. as if like somehow God's going to bang, zap. You know, it's not about that. It's you waiting on the Lord. And with, with what you can, you, you continue to be actively doing what God is asking you. Whatever you can. It's an active thing. Wait on the Lord. It's also watching, beloved. It's also watching. Verse, uh, Psalm 123, verse 2. Behold, as the eyes of the servants look to the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of the maid look to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. It's a waiting as, a, as the servant is looking to his master and as the maid to the hand of her mistress. Because what's happening, you're trusting, you're waiting, you're listening. Lord, it's, it's kind of watching. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do next? I'm ready and I'm watching from you. What, what are you asking from me? Until the Lord has mercy on us. So it's watching. It's also a readiness to learn. There's a readiness to learn. Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Lord, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting. So while I wait, Lord, please teach me. I'm ready to listen. I need to hear. Help me to understand, Lord. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But I'm ready to listen and I'm ready to learn. Because the psalmist says here, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your past. Lead me. On you I wait all the day. When we're, I believe, beloved, when we're waiting on the Lord, we are active. We're not passive. We are um, uh, watching. We are watching for what the Lord is asking from us. And we are also ready to learn. When we're waiting on the Lord, beloved, we're also remaining faithful. Look at Psalm, not look at Psalm, listen to Psalm 25, verse 21. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. We don't wait on the Lord and we think to ourselves, ah, oh, forget it. I'll just do whatever I want to do and I'll live any way I want to live because until the Lord answers me, I'm just going to do what I want to do. No, this is not waiting on the Lord. This is not remaining faithful so he strengthens you. Hold on. This is the enemy whispering, give it up, lay it down, forget it. What are you doing? It's too much pressure. No. The Bible says this, Psalm 25, verse 21 again, let integrity and uprightness preserve me for I wait for you. And my friends, it is confident. Psalm 25, verse 3, it is confident. 
Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. I believe, beloved, when people, when the children of God wait upon the Lord and they remain faithful, knowing he will strengthen them, I believe something that's really, really special. I believe God never puts them to shame. The psalmist says, indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. It is confident. Listen to what 1 Peter says. 1 Peter 5.10 says this. And may the God of all grace, who called us by his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, because we do, we do, after you have suffered a while, this is what God's going to do, because we're waiting on the Lord. Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Isn't that beautiful? All the way into the New Testament. Peter says the same things that Isaiah is saying. Wait on the Lord. And, and then Peter says, but the God of all grace. When you've suffered for a while, this is what he's going to do. He's going to perfect you, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. It's like when you go for a hike. And you get to the middle of the hike and it's a long hike. And you think to yourself, is it ever going to end? Well, it does, isn't it? And what you've got to do is believe or establish a frame of mind that says you're going to get there to the end. Well, this is where faith comes into it. It's believing, even though you can't see the end. You know, when we go on school camps sometimes, I know sometimes my role with the students is just to keep them focused. You know, you get students saying, I can't do this. It's too hard. I'm never going to die. And all you've got to do is just keep reminding them to stay focused. You, you, you talk about the next steps. You talk about maybe the end as you get closer. And you're helping them to reframe. This is faith. Even though you can't see it, it's going to come to an end. The end will be there. And in the end, when the end comes, when the end comes, God will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And this becomes a beautiful arrow and a beautiful defense against the enemy. It's the word of God. That's why when you read about Job, we see something beautiful about Job. We read this. Um, Indeed, we count them blessed who endure, James 5.11. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and very merciful. And so God gives us all the way in the New Testament an example of Job who endured. And what happened when he endured? Did he find himself getting out of it by his own strength? No. The Bible says we saw the end. What was the end? That the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. What do you think the enemy would like to tell you today? The Lord isn't compassionate. The Lord isn't merciful. He wants you to count how long you've been suffering for. He wants you to count the days, the months, the years. He wants to remind you that this suffering feels alone, feels long. But the Lord tasks us. He says, look, look to me. Forget the noise around you. Forget the, the voice of the enemy around you who wants to whisper all these things. Look to me, look to my word, wait on the Lord and I shall renew your strength. You will mount up with wings like eagles. You know, you see an eagle flying in the air. They are free, majestic, untouchable, unapproachable almost. They are just out in their own world, just living life. Well, you know what? That's a beautiful picture when God establishes and strengthens those who through suffering come out the other end. You shall run and not get weary. You shall walk and not faint. These are the promises of God. I want to end with this psalm. I'm just going to read it and then we're going to pray. I want to ask you this morning, who are you waiting? Who are you waiting on? And what are you waiting for? If you're suffering this morning, and I'm sure there are those among us who feel like the suffering that is bringing, um, um, that is persisting, that is bringing pressure, that is bringing pain. What are you waiting for this morning? And more importantly, who are you waiting on this morning? And the Lord looks at you this morning through his word and says, come wait upon me. Because my promise to you is not only do I carry you like a, a sheep on my bosom, but I will renew your strength. 
and the renewing of your strength, I'll make you more like my son. Hold on. Be faithful. I will strengthen you. Who are you waiting on this morning? And as Christians, as the children of God, our confidence is in waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. Listen to this psalm as we close in prayer this morning. The psalm, Psalm 140, verses 1 to 3, says this. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me out out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. What a beautiful psalm. Perhaps you want to go and reflect on that psalm this week. If you're suffering, if you know that you're finding it hard to hold on, uh, if you're finding it hard to stay faithful, knowing who will strengthen you, perhaps you want to reflect this week on Psalm 40, verses 1 to 3. Perhaps you want to reflect on some of the other verses that the word of God brings life into your life. Or perhaps you want to reflect on Isaiah 40. But whatever you decide to reflect on, know this, my brother, my sister, a child of the living God, know this. If you wait on the Lord, he will strengthen you. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord God, for your word to us. Lord God, when we wait patiently for you, you hear us, you hear our cry. Lord, we know by faith in your word that you will bring us up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and you will set our feet upon a rock. And Lord, when we do this, when you do this, you put a new song in our hearts, a new song in our mouth. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are suffering this morning. Lord, you know how they're suffering. You know those things in their life that are persisting. You know the things in their lives that are putting pressure and causing pain. You know, Lord God, the things in their life that are draining them for every last bit of energy. But I pray in the name of Jesus this morning that you would speak into the depth of their hearts and you would reach out to the depth of their hearts, my Lord, and and ask them and and speak to them and, and encourage them to wait on the Lord. Because, Lord, you will renew their strength and they will mount up with wings like eagles. They're going to run, Lord, and not grow weary. They're going to walk and not faint. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you continue to mould us into the image of your Son. And we are so indebted and so grateful. We love you, Jesus. We love you. And we just thank you for this morning. We pray your blessing on us in Jesus' name. Amen.